0: Trigger warning. Today, we're talking about teen dating violence, including rape, sexual assault, and other things related to violence. So, please, take care of yourself. Don't be hesitant if you need to stop and do some self-care. Okay, here we go.
1: I mean, can you remember what you were taught in humanities class?
0: Exactly. Oh, sorry. This is audio. audio. I'm giving a a big thumbs down. (laughs) One in three teens has reported being physically or sexually abused by a partner. More than half of women and men who have been physically or sexually abused or stalked by a dating partner First experienced abuse between the ages of 11 and 24. Women aged 18 to 24 are the most at-risk age group for intimate partner violence. Lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth are more likely to experience physical and mental dating violence, sexual coercion, and cyber dating abuse than heterosexual youth. And lastly, and I'm throwing this last one in because I feel like historically we have not considered teen dating violence to be quote unquote as serious as intimate partner violence, but they did a study that found that between 2003 and 2016, nearly 7% of teens who were killed were killed by current or former intimate partners. of these victims were female, the average age was around 17, and firearms, especially handguns, were the most common cause of injury in 61% of cases. Teen dating violence is real, guys. It is dangerous and for reasons that we will get into, don't worry, it has not been as widely recognized or acknowledged as domestic violence. So why? Well, that's today. And don't worry, we are welcoming an expert because I am not an expert on teen dating violence. So I found you guys an expert to explore how not only is teen dating violence unique from domestic violence, but why don't teens confide in parents, even ones who are open and accepting? And also, as mentioned before, why is teen dating violence only recently becoming as recognized as it is. Let's get started. That's today on the DV Discussion. This episode was made in collaboration with Break the Silence Against Domestic Violence, an international organization dedicated to providing a community of resources and support to victims, survivors, and families affected by domestic violence. Their mission is to break the silence around domestic violence and create a world where every man, woman, and family can feel safe and protected. Learn more at their website, breakthesilencedv.org. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Can you please um, start by telling us uh, your name and a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. My name is Alice Miles and I'm the administrative specialist for Break the Silence Against Domestic Violence. I am also the teen dating violence spokesperson I'm studying my bachelor's in social work at Newman University. I work three jobs in total, so not just with Break the Silence Against Domestic Violence, but my passion is in crisis intervention and trauma.
0: What are the differences between teen dating violence and adult domestic violence? Why can't we just fit the model that we know for adults to this age demographic?
1: Because it takes on different forms and emphasis. So, you know, in domestic violence, we have stereotypes that we attach to these relationships where you hear the word violence and you immediately think black eye, broken bones, um, physical, not every study or organization has one standard definition of what they're going to define as teen dating violence. And that's part of the problem because some that do formal research, they're gonna have psychological and emotional abuse in their definitions. Others are going to use that more stereotypical definition including the physical violence, but a good amount will exclude sexual violence. And I think that makes up a pretty decent portion of these relationships as well.
0: Hey guys, it's me i going to jump in here really quickly. I have looked at a bunch of websites, including the CDC, Department of Justice, and Break the Cycle to share with you some more statistics. We all know how much I love my statistics. Also, it's interesting to know the breakdown in the numbers. So here we go. About one in nine female and one in 36 male high school students reported having experienced sexual dating violence in the last year which is a lot. Now, in terms of physical abuse, according to the DOJ, relatively speaking, and these studies are still pretty new, by the way, and we did a lot more research. So, you know, grain of salt here, this is only initial data. But according to what's currently available, both boys and girls were physically abusive in relatively equal numbers, although girls tended to be the victims of sexual abuse and extreme physical assault. Also, when looking at motivations for physical abuse, girls would commonly report self-defense, while boys would cite the need for control. Nearly half of all female students and one in four male high school students who had reported experiencing sexual or physical abuse have also been bullied online, electronically. Social media, guys, we gotta take it seriously. And lastly, and just kind of throwing this in there because I think it's interesting, financial abuse looks a lot different in teen dating violence, which makes sense because when you're a teen, you're probably not dependent on a partner for money. You don't normally share kids and deal with child care and shared custody. So pretty interesting tidbit. Okay, diving back in. As a society and parents in general, we'll look at statistics that say, you know, the age demographic here we're talking about is like 11 to 24. And they'll say, what? No way. That's too young. It can't be that bad. It can't be that serious. Do you worry that attitude trickles down?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, even the statistics for 2021, 80% of parents don't believe that teen dating violence is an issue, or they won't admit that they know it's an issue. So if you internalize that message that you pick up from your, your parents where they don't, they're not legitimizing or validating what you're saying to them, when it becomes more damaging, hurtful, uh, they're not going to believe that you're going to take them seriously.
0: Why do you think 80% of parents don't think teen dating violence exists?
1: I think it goes back to the fact that a lot of parents don't want to validate those relationships for what they are. You know, um, we say things like young love, right? And, oh, one day when you're older, you're really under, you'll really you really understand what a relationship is. Or, um, you know, it's a high school sweetheart, it's puppy love. When these are real, legitimate relationships for the teenagers who are in them, and it's going to hurt just as much as it would hurt an adult. And it can be hard to believe that your teenager is in a relationship as serious as something that you would be in but that's what it is, is it is a relationship and you should accept it for what it is.
0: What do you think the biggest misconception is when people think of teen dating violence?
1: I think the biggest misconception is that most people don't give teenagers the credit of understanding the kind of relationship that they're in, right? Like that's the biggest thing is that people say, well, okay, you're too young to understand or you, know, you don't know this yet, maybe when you're older and they try to really give out advice because you know as you age, you pick up that life experience and you see it happening to other people and you wanna protect them from it. But they just assume that, oh, I'm older, so I can give you this advice and you should listen to it because you don't understand the gravity of the situation that you're in. And a lot of my experience When parents approach me and they're like, okay, I think my daughter or my son is in an abusive relationship, but they won't talk to me. And I'm trying to get them to understand that this relationship is abusive, but they're not listening. And that's where I think that misconception comes in is in that approach where they're like, I'm trying to get them to understand. More often than not, they probably do understand the relationship that they're in and how it's hurting them, but they're not comfortable in talking about it coming from that perspective where they don't know what is going on is going to push them further away.
0: What are some other unique factors that someone might see in a young adult teen relationship versus an adult domestic violence relationship?
1: Well, I think the biggest one is you're going to see that need for acceptance because being a teenager can be quite a challenge where you want your close friends you're trying to form those relationships outside of your family and people who you see every day. And that will go into, you know, taking on different behaviors and socializing with other people that you're not necessarily used to. And I think that plays a large factor because, in the effort of getting acceptance, some teenagers will let little things slide. Say your girlfriend makes a comment about your masculinity in front of your friends, right? You don't realize it, but you know that's gonna chip away at your self-confidence. And those are things that you should address and confront in a healthy relationship. But when it becomes a pattern of behavior because you're not challenging it, you don't wanna lose face in front of your friends. You don't wanna look like um, you know, you're being rude to your girlfriend. It can be a challenge to address things like that. Not only that, um, I'm noticing an increase in teenagers who want overt displays of affection. The best thing that I can really point out is those playful behaviors where a teenager will um, hit their boyfriend or girlfriend like on the arm. Repeatedly or uh, where it's more acceptable, especially in social situations for young females to hit their boyfriends, but if a young male were to do that in the same situation, he would be called on it. So there are different acceptable behaviors for each gender and that doesn't even go into the LGBTQIA plus community.
0: I hear that the LGBTQIA community is actually the most at risk within that demographic. Why do you think that is?
1: It is becoming more socially acceptable to be open about your sexuality and your gender identity but it does put you at that much more risk for families that are not accepting of who you are. You're going to have these relationships with other people who you feel you can be comfortable with. You can trust and share a part of your life that you don't share with your family. But in that some will take it upon themselves to abuse that and use it as a form of control. And they will threaten to out you to your family or your friends if they don't know. Uh, and it creates a feeling of shame, uh, of rejection, of not accepting who you are because they're not going to accept you. So there is that much more risk for the LGBTQIA community because they are not as readily accepted. And when being a teenager is already such a hard time in your life where you're trying to figure out your identity. You're trying to figure out who your friends are and what paths to navigate. It's just one of those areas where you're at that much more risk because you're trying to figure out what is and is not safe.
0: How does social media play into all of this? Because a lot of teens and young adults, if you talk to them, talk about how social media plays a huge part in their creative process, how they socialize, how they express themselves. Can that be used in teen dating violence?
1: It absolutely can be used. Um, so that would be one of the biggest platforms that we could create outreach for in reaching teenagers because that is their main method of communication. Think about how many advertisements you see in a day, right? And you're scrolling past them. But you stop when you see something that's relevant to you or catches your eye. And if we put out more, sorry for overusing the word, but if we put out more outreach on social media with not only the statistics, but warning signs, behaviors, or just resources that teenagers can use, they're going to have more access to them that way.
0: As we were talking, I started to wonder, would it help if more parents were open to talking about sex and relationships? I mean, how many of us, when we were young, dreaded talking about it with our parents because it was so awkward? It was like, don't have sex or you will get pregnant and die or it was don't have sex or you're like a slut and the worst person ever or it was just oh god uh uh the parent would be like smoke bomb and run out of the room because i didn't want to talk about it so would that really change the conversation all that much i had to find out
1: well absolutely it would um but if you can be the most accepting parent but your child still may not be comfortable talking about these things because as a teenager, you start increasing you know, your independence and what you want to do separately. You want more autonomy, right? So more often than not, they're going to trust their friends more than they will trust talking to you because they don't know exactly how you're going to react. Um, maybe they're not exactly ready to accept that this is something, like a relationship that's hurting them. Um, they might not know how to approach it. There are so many reasons, but that is one of the biggest reasons why it's less reported is because teenagers trust their friends more than they will trust talking to their parents. And it never reaches an adult, a counselor, a teacher, someone who can actually talk to them about this and help them as much as it stays among their friends because those are the first people they're gonna consult.
0: So this kind of got me thinking a little bit. I once saw a study by Katherine Fobb, who was a doctoral student from the Harvard School of Public Health. And the overall conclusion, just in a brief nutshell, is that childhood bullying is correlated with later perpetration of domestic violence, which makes sense. I mean, bullying and you know, teen dating violence aren't the same thing, obviously, with teen dating violence, you have that at a complexity of a relationship. However, this idea that, you know, if you start committing violence at this young age, it can carry over into adulthood. And her study found that men who bullied in high school were likelier to commit violence later against a female partner. So I'm over here wondering, oh, well, what if we like start educating teens and young adults really young, about teen dating violence, but also about boundaries and healthy coping and all these interactions. Would that help reduce the overall rates of domestic violence? Inquiring minds would like to know.
1: To a certain degree, the goal is always going to be in reaching a time where domestic violence isn't an issue, right? But at the same time, it's really hard to get it to a point where it's absolutely reduced, 0% chance of it happening, especially if you're only intervening one time. Um, Studies have shown that you can pop kids into these classes, these programs, and the skills that they learn will, they'll retain them for about a year, but then those behaviors will suddenly drop off. So it's about um, a repetitive refresher on, what is healthy, what isn't. You know, I know you're probably familiar with the power and control wheel, right? Mm-hmm. It should be something that is revisited so that it's something that they don't necessarily forget. I mean, can you remember what you were taught in humanities class?
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, sorry. So, this, is this is audio. I'm giving a, a big thumbs down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you know, it's about uh, revisiting this material and making sure that it's not something that they just do a one and done, it's required. And even if it can become exhausting and annoying to a point where like, I've already gone over this, I know these things, but it's a matter of increasing safety and prevention. And if we can't prevent it, then it's absolutely necessary that teenagers know where they can go, who they can talk to and the various resources that are available for the litany of problems that they can face in abusive relationships. Whether it's, um, you know, has to do with suicide or if it is about control and manipulation. If they're being harassed, um, I know a lot can blow that off as being the, they won't recognize a troublesome behavior for what it is when to them they're going to perceive it oh god okay jonathan has texted me like 20 times today and it's getting on my nerves you know when you're gonna really want to look at those messages and the content is it threatening is he looking for who you're with uh your location if you're seeing those signs you need to recognize that it's not only harassment he's a potential stalker you know and that's not to teach anyone to start immediately throwing around labels and, oh, you know, you're being so abusive right now. That's not what it is. It's just about recognizing warning signs before it becomes an even more dangerous situation.
0: So how can we help them?
1: I believe in advocating prevention, intervention is going to be so many different Forms Right. So the prevention of dating violence is going to require such a heavy commitment other uh, financially uh, in the education sector from so many different areas. Um, So the goal is establishing a consistent coordinated and integrated approach at every high school in your community. You want prevention programs that are incorporated into systems. So that's going to be schools, recreational programs, juvenile justice programs, the foster care system, um, and recognizing the important role that schools play in reaching teenagers because that's half of their day. That's where they are. And it should really be built into the education that they are being exposed to. As important as math and history and science are, so is learning, coping skills, and recognizing unhealthy behaviors and communication skills to voice when you're uncomfortable or if you you know your significant other crosses a line, navigating that realm being like, hey, I am not comfortable with this. It's more than just teaching no means no. It's about recognizing maybe, you know, they'll say, haha, maybe later, but that's still a no. Um, and you, it's important to teach teenagers how to recognize body language, nonverbal cues, and seeing no for what it is, even if it's not literally N-O, now. It comes in so many different forms that we need to become comfortable with integrating and just every communicating to them on how to build those skills for healthy relationships and conflict resolution for that matter because that's a big part of any abusive relationship is in that conflict, right? Uh, If you don't know what you're feeling, how are you going to know how to properly express it? Especially if it's something that you've seen in your friends or in your family where you're angry. So it's normal to you to lash out and like hit someone or yell at them, threatening them even. I mean, we have such a problem, Uh, at least in El Paso County, we have one of the highest suicide rates. A big thing right now is that we're focusing on mental health. I have seen others threaten their boyfriend or their girlfriend and say things like, well, you know, if you don't message me back, I'm going to kill myself or, you know, I'm going to cut or burn myself or something like that. And it creates this dependent relationship where they feel like they are obligated or responsible for this other person and they have to stay in this relationship or they have to talk to this person
0: is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to bring up
1: absolutely um and i hope that this has been helpful and that people listening will find value in it whether it's a parent or a teenager but i know one of the biggest things is that teenagers are more comfortable talking to their friends and people who are close to their age group and even at that online. So for people who need those resources, there are a number of them out there. For example, um, our advocates personally are available seven days a week at 855-287-1777. That is from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can call if you're worried your relationship might be going down a path that where it could become abusive, it doesn't have to be. But if you're needing more outreach to understand if you're at risk, or you just need to talk to someone who, you know, you're worried about facing judgment, we have non-judgmental advocates who are just there to listen and help. And that's a big one. Um, another one is an online live chat, because for many, they're not going to be comfortable talking on the phone. That's going to be at loveisrespect.org. You can even text is" all capitals, to 22522. So this is our first year where we're really highlighting teen dating violence as a problem and trying to build a, an outreach program and campaign more to reach them. So look for those resources. And if you need help finding them, please contact us so we can help you find them too.
0: That was really beautiful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: I hope this was really helpful for everyone. I definitely learned a lot. And, you know, in my opinion, knowing all these different facets of intimate partner violence is crucial for understanding it as a whole right and once we truly understand it at all these different levels we have a better chance of fighting to end it so to all the young adults and teens who might be listening know that we see you and we acknowledge that your feelings your lives and relationships are real and valid and if you need help there are people and resources out there for you not alone. All right, guys, that's it for this week. If you want to write in, please email us at thedvdiscussion at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We all have stories, and they deserve to be heard. I'll see you next time. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799 7233. You can also visit their website, thehotline.org. If you identify as an abuser or a word you might be an abuser, please call the hotline as well. They'll be able to help you. Please remember, you're not alone.